Here we go. Hello, Geek Fives Nation, and now, another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, with your hosts, Dane and Christopher. Thank you so much, Fink. Now, get your naked ass out of my room and stop trying to talk to me every day. Anyways, how are you guys doing out there? We have another wonderful episode. Let's uh, start this back. Why is Fink naked in your room, dude? <laughs> We we play chess like that. Just don't worry about it. It's a strategy uh, match. You and the ghost of Fink are just playing naked chess. <laughs> I think Fink's still alive, so I don't think it's a, the ghost of him, unless he's been lying to me it's, for a while. Is Fink? <laughs> I think Fink. Man, let's look like I could Google. You continue forward. <laughs> I thought he passed away. I could be wrong. Oh, you, Christopher. Well, anyways, that is our, our wonderful uh, co-host, as Fink said, um, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Um, Howard Finkel is, is has not passed away. Uh, he he's still alive. So he's he's seventy. No. Or he's about to be seventy. Yeah, yeah. It says here sixty nine. Lives in the great state of Newark, New Jersey, which I lived in uh, for two years. So uh, good job, Fink. Bring it back. Good job. Bring it out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you on that. He he brings he brings a like. Uh, I mean, there's only certain people. I think him and Michael Buffer. Were the only guys that kind of brought a legitimacy to announcing wrestling matches, especially main events. They just kind of bring you back, I pre- you know. I appreciate I appreciate Lillian Garcia because she was there for so long, and also yeah. there was a lot of really no, funny too. skits with The Rock, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll give I'll give her a pass. Uh, the new guy that does Shane McMahon's intro is not bad either. It's just he's he just needs to be there a, a while longer. It's really hard to get yourself over. It's just the I- ring announcer <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I would literally try to do that but i think i would peak the mics if i tried to do the best in the world uh thing so i'm not gonna yeah, do that but let's not do that well hey right, let's sorry, start fink. off by... i didn't mean to put you i didn't mean to put fink in the grave sorry fink my bad you know it's, it is the wrestling industry so i mean it's unfortunate but that's kind of a situation that we're uh, – it, it's happened a lot in the past, and we can't remember exactly who has happened to, you know. But uh, either way, Fink's still alive, and uh, his naked ass will probably be back sometime soon to do that intro again. Either way, if you're still with us, <laughs> this is Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, normally we do this uh, 6 p.m. Wednesday – or 7 p.m. Wednesday. I'm getting my, my shows mixed up. 7 p.m. Wednesday, uh, EST. Uh, definitely join us every week if you're a new listener. Uh, definitely go to our website at GV Nation. That's in GeekVibesNation.com. Uh, GV Nation, you can find all of our news, articles for our various uh, things that we cover between conflicts, wrestling, and so forth. And then links to our, our uh, Spotify, our Stitcher, our, our iTunes, our 
pretty much if whatever platform uh, is out there, we, we have our audio on there. You can find it from Geek Vibes Nation for the overhaul, or you can actually individually search us at Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, check out our past episodes. We've got interviews. We've got an interview coming soon with Mr. Ken Shamrock, but we'll get to that. First news item, I want to give a little congratulations to uh, two sets of couples, one being um, between uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, got married, to his uh, to his uh, lovely uh, fiance Lauren um, in Hawaii, and they had like kind of like well, I guess you could say like a smaller wedding. They didn't really make a big deal of it, and that's pretty amazing that The Rock could like secretly have his wedding, you know, be a little bit private since he's like the biggest guy in Hollywood. Uh, another being um, a couple that you know uh, is kind of like Mr. and Mrs. WWE right now. The Universal Champion Seth Rollins and the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch got engaged. And they're going to be getting married in the future. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, there's actually a pretty good uh, 24 documentary with Seth Rollins in it um, that I would uh, recommend seeing some behind-the-scenes stuff with him and Becky. They seem to have a pretty good relationship and bring out the best in each other. So uh, congratulations to happiness. We're not in the month of February, but fuck it. Uh, either way, uh, congratulations to the marriage of Brock and his uh, longtime fiance girlfriend, Lauren, and also congratulations to uh, Becky and Seth for getting engaged. Chris, do you have any comments about these two wonderful couples on this episode of Hollywood Live? So The, so the Rock has been with uh, her for quite a bit, so congratulations on that. Um, I think this is his second wife, right, if I'm not mistaken? He's not Ric Flair level yet. Uh, so congratulations, <laughs> Rock. Everybody loves The Rock. <laughs> no one, everyone's happy about The Rock. I'm glad that he'd do a big. I, because it's The Rock, you kind of ex- expect it to be big and flamboyant and this huge thing, but then it wasn't, which I appreciate. I like that he just was like, yeah, we're just gonna go to Hawaii, get married. It's gonna be real low key. Uh, so congrats to The Rock, man. Shout out to The Rock. Um, sorry, John Cena is taking your place, Fast and the Furious, and all that shit's going on. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we're gonna see him fight each other in the movies. That'd be kind of cool, right? <laughs> and, yeah, uh, if they get rid of Tyrese, <laughs> you think that uh, he's gonna he's gonna catch an attitude adjustment and a people's elbow in the same movie, <laughs> Tyrese? Oh my god, I, I love that. Such an arrogant <laughs> prick. Oh man. Uh, outside of the Fast and the Furious news, um, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, congrats to Seth and Becky. Uh, I'm glad that they're very happy together. I need to watch the 24 thing. I thought. Becky comes off way better on the 24 documentary than she does as a character to me. I know a lot of other people like her. It's just it, for whatever reason, it hasn't been working with me for a while, probably since WrestleMania. Um, I think the absence of Ronda and and Charlotte being in the feud with her has kind of hurt her. Um, But as far as like, you know, being a person to being happy and being an in-ring athlete, I think she's fucking great. Um, very nice person. I love the 24 documentary with her. I haven't seen the one you're talking about where it shows more of their relationship. But, uh, you know, if they make each other happy, that's great. Uh, I will say that them together on screen is is definitely not uh, – it's not Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth type shit or Macho Yeah, Man. let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah. You, well, no. I mean just like as characters, they don't – it's not – it doesn't gel as well, so maybe keep them pretty far apart and just let the relationship behind the scenes and, and do 24-7, and you know, if you want to do Total Divas or something later down the road, that's fine, but uh, yeah, I, um, but congratulations to both of them, and uh, fucking Jesus Christ, Seth Rollins' abs have abs in that engagement photo that they posted, for fuck's sake. 
Yeah, they are a good looking couple, man. Um, the only ones I can like put up there, as far as two wrestlers, and obviously they're not together anymore. Is like Lita and Edge was a good looking couple back in the uh, the day. But uh, yeah, I mean, good for Charlotte them. And, uh, Charlotte and Andrade, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely yeah. say that. You can definitely. You know, actually, dude, I would love to see that match. The you know, with the two of them against. No, actually, never mind. I don't want to see Seth and Becky ever again. Like actually on screen, they can just talk about that outside of it on TMZ or some shit. Either way, I think congratulations. I think I've turned the real quick. I think I've turned the corner on uh, male versus female matches because of Tessa Blanchard. So when you said I would love to see that match, I thought you meant like Charlotte Flair versus Andrade, and I was like, you know what? That probably would be a good match. <laughs> In my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's uh, it's it's interesting, but um, let's let's move <laughs> on to that. Kind of coincides with what I was talking about beforehand, man. Uh, you're going to be having an interview unless you know uh, something doesn't work out because Ken is a very very busy man. But most likely, uh, you know, you're going to be interviewing Ken Shamrock uh, soon in the future. We know that he uh, just recently joined and kind of formed a knuckle a uh, bare knuckle boxing group, which is fucking ridiculous. Ken Shamrock's 55 years old, still a madman when it comes to, like, great body still, fucking endurance. I watched him have a bar brawl with Tom Lawler right in front of me, and it was fucking incredible. Just bashing each other through cement and stuff. Uh, now, it looks like Ken's going to be joining uh, Impact. Uh, Ken, a lot of people don't realize, at the beginning of TNA, Kent was like one of the first big names to come to TNA uh, before a lot of guys did. And he was actually the NWA champion and had a run within there. But uh, it looks like he's going to be involved with Moose, which makes a lot of sense because Moose uh, has some MMA experience and has kind of displayed that. Uh, They had a little bit of back and forth. Uh, I think they were trying to mimic, I'm assuming, uh, the the actual Matt Riddle uh, Goldberg stuff. But it looks like Ken's going to actually be an active person. I don't know how much he's going to be doing or if it's going to be like Rob Van Dam where he's doing a couple dates. But either way, you know, as far as being a premier uh, Canadian wrestling league and still keeping afloat, I think I'm, I'm pretty impressed by Impact. They've lost a lot of guys recently, but I've still been able to keep a great show maintained and still have some amazing people. You named one of them, Tessa Blanchard, on the roster. So how do you feel about Ken Shamrock going to Impact Wrestling, Chris? I think it's a good get for uh, Impact Wrestling and and probably a good move for Ken if he's looking to get back into wrestling. I mean, the dude's still in great shape. It wasn't that long ago that he was still having fights. Uh, I can't remember if it was Bellator or UFC with with his last fight, and obviously he's still training and and, in shape. Um, The guy's an absolute monster. Great, great interview we had with him, so you guys make sure to check that out. uh, It was around the same date as All In. So you can go back and listen to our predictions for All In and the future of uh, of Cody and Kenny and the Young Bucks, which I listened back to today, honestly. And it was it was kind of funny to think back on because we were talking maybe like maybe like Billy Corgan and them do something <laughs> before we knew Tony Khan was going to get involved. But uh, yeah, that's a good one to go back and listen to uh, in the archives. But yeah, man, I'm stoked to see Shamrock back in the ring. I'm assuming he's going to wrestle if he if he's wrestling Tom Lawler, uh, like you said, and he's been doing stuff here and there. I'm assuming he's going to get in the ring, and, and I look forward to that. And Moose is probably a really good person to put against him. I think Moose is a very uh, talented athlete and, and good in the ring, a solid worker that you can kind of um, take someone like Ken Shamrock and, and uh, 
shine a spotlight on all the positive things about his in-ring ability, um, giving him someone like Moose, who's very athletic and, and fluid in the ring, bouncing off the ropes and stuff, um, as well as just like being a physical problem for Ken just based on his size. So that's going to be a good match, and, and uh, hopefully that is, that's where they're going with this because it's not confirmed that he's actually doing a match either uh, either day that weekend, but really cool either way. Uh, it's good to hear Ken Shamrock's name back and uh, this bare-knuckle thing that they're doing. That's going to be interesting. Hopefully we'll get him on, and uh, I'll get to talk to him a little bit about that because uh, that in itself is going to be interesting uh, to talk about, just uh, the difference between gloves versus uh, bare fists and – um, the recent debates on on how that actually affects your hands versus you know the concussion protocol versus like uh, using gloves. Obviously, you can punch someone in the head more, but if you're barefisted, you have to worry about protecting your hands. So it, it I think that in itself will be an interesting conversation. I dude, I completely agree with you, and I'm very much looking forward to you know having you talk to Ken for a second time with us. I just kind of hope that you uh, inevitably have the interview uh, pre-knuckle uh, fight, uh, you know, bare-knuckle fight uh, to get the uh, best interview out of Ken because the concept of that at his age of 55, I have no doubt that the world's most dangerous man will be able to handle it, but that's still a crazy thing to take on that, you know, this much later in his career. Like, he's he's put his body on the line. Do you think that uh, with Impact – they have, uh, you know, like him being a past NWA champion, being a past TNA um, guy at the beginning, kind of helping uh, set the foundation. Do you think that they have any type of uh, maybe plans with Don Callis in charge to maybe put Ken against uh, Brian Cage and maybe even possibly give him the title? I would, I would have to say you have to because you're losing. Um, you're losing. They already lost Johnny Impact, right? And they've uh, they've lost a lot of their top guys. Uh, they're kind of just yep. floating out there in La La Land, and LAX is leaving. So you need a top name in that company uh, besides Tessa Blanchard, who just like by far she is the biggest talent in that company. And and, and AEW and WWE are both just chomping at the bit as soon as that contract's up. I'm sure <laughs> to try to get a hold of her. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I mean. I mean, I would assume that Brian Cage is their biggest star right now, and maybe behind that, Sammy, Sammy Callahan, I would guess. Um, and if you put you know, their names versus Ken Shamrock, Ken Shamrock is a bigger draw just to a broad audience, right? Um, whether Absolutely. it be older wrestling fans or, or trying to draw in you know, your common or just, you know, just everyday fans who just know the name Ken Shamrock. I mean, he's a bigger draw. Um, so, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. I mean, him and Moose, uh, there's lots of great athletes on the uh, on the roster for sure. Um, true story, though. Do you know he, who he lost his NWA world title to? I, even though I love him, I hope it's not Captain Charisma because that would be terrible. It, Jeff Jarrett? He left. To, he lost to R. Kill, uh, Ron Killings, aka R. Truth. Oh, all right. I'm down for that, <laughs> man. Up, I'm down for that. Set up, set up R. Truth's run in TNA, which is a really good run. There was some good early NWA TNA stuff. If you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go back and check it out. But yeah, Shamrock's a big get for them, and I, I think they're doing a, a great, uh, a really good show with the talent that they have. And uh, talent is scarce right now because of this. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later. <laughs> yes, that gobbling enterprise. One other thing about the title <laughs> picture over an impact, 
that I find very interesting. I wonder if they'd be, I mean, you get a lot of publicity about this, and I hope that wouldn't be the only reason to do it. But with them building Tessa, I mean, I wonder if they're thinking about putting the main title on Tessa Blanchard at some point, even if it's a small run. Do you think that they would be ballsy enough to do that? Don Callis' booking, right? Probably not. I don't think it's a ballsy thing. I just think if you have all of your top stars lose to Tessa – I don't I don't know where you go from there as a company. You would have to she just you would leaves. have to pick you would have to pick specific like Brian Cage obviously or Michael Elgin or a lot of those bigger guys. I don't know if you'd be able to you would have to get someone to beat them that would be presentable that could be you know, be defeated by Tessa and pick certain opponents that could actually work out. And honestly at that point, you know, uh, I don't know if there would be a good point in that. But I was wondering just because of how they built her and how they keep on putting her against male competitors. She's not exactly China or Charlotte, but she is kind of legitimate as being someone that packs a certain punch, you know, as a female competitor or, you know, she's not, like I said, she's not like a Shonda Ronda Rousey, China believability concept, I I think, but, you know, kind of like Becky, I guess, in the same way, but I wouldn't want to see Becky with the universal title. I kind of view um, Impact at this point similar to Ring of Honor where the size doesn't matter as much. It's more about the match quality and uh, yeah. that cult following of fans, you know? And she's by far been having really good fucking matches uh, all around, guy or girl. Um, she's been having good matches, and uh, I wasn't necessarily the hugest fan of the idea, and I, I definitely understand why uh, – uh, God, what is his name? Uh, Eli Drake. <sighs> Yeah, Eli Drake didn't want to do a job to her, and we, and we I think we talked about it on a previous podcast. Like, if you do oh, a job man. to her, then it makes you like who else you're going to do a job with, especially if your contracts up. And they have a lot of contracts coming up. And and right now, Brian Cage, I mean, he's just so massive. I just I don't. I mean, you would almost have to put it on one of the X Division guys for them to get like a roll up win, and then her to win the title that way for it to make sense, or it's going to make your division look weird. I don't want to say weak because I'm not saying women are weak or anything, but Brian Cage looks like he could rip the back deck of <laughs> the back deck off my house, you know? Jesus. Yeah, he really does. Um, all right. Well, you know, you just brought up, uh, you know, just a random impromptu uh, news item that I completely forgot last week that I'm looking forward to uh, that, I just looked up the information, but we should talk about this. You brought up Eli Drake, and I brought it to uh, NWA, made an announcement. We don't know what network they're partnering with, Chris, but I think that me and you, as busy as our lives, uh, NWA basically is going to start doing uh, – in a TV studio, so very, very old-school reminiscent of like you know WCW back in the 80s, NWA, Mid-Atlantic, a lot of that stuff. Uh, but they're doing it in Atlanta, man, and they're going to start pre-recording. They got a apparently a pretty good station uh, to to uh, put their their, uh, their 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 recordings on, and they're going to start doing a weekly show on it. Um, are you excited about this with talents like Willie Mack and James Storm, Eli Drake, um, Cole Cabana has been doing a lot over there. Obviously, Nick Aldis. Uh, they seem to be obtaining a lot of talent. And I will say that a lot of those talent members reflect the old school look, feel, and wrestling style 
of you know the 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 80s it seems like so it seems billy's going very nostalgic the idea of them doing studio like a like a tv studio taping sort of presence and the fact that they're going to be doing recordings here in atlanta are, are you interested in going to the shows like i am and are you interested in the product itself and what channel do you think that they could probably end up on something like um, something smaller like uh, Ring of Honor has done or or, uh, or Impact, or do you think they're going for something larger than that, maybe even a local station? I'm thinking you're, pro- you're probably looking at like Pop TV or um, you know Destination America or, or something that falls under the Discovery Network, similar to what TNA was doing before they completely shit the bed and Don Callis had to try to rebuild it from scratch in Canada. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, there's tons of networks that need content, especially you know, wrestling. I mean, wrestling is still very popular, even for the Access Network. Like you hear Mark Cuban talk about it, and he's he's only showing you know pre-taped Ring of Honor and uh, you know week old uh, New Japan and Glow, and and that gets good ratings. I mean, there's it's it's not. It's not the same level as like what AEW and WWE is going to do, but there's still a market for it. There's still a lot of people that will probably watch it. Um, I would say like Pop or um, you know Destination America or, or one of those shows that Impact was previously on that Billy Corgan has a relationship with. Um, because if you remember, he technically bought TNA but didn't, and there was a whole court case, and he had to get his money back or something with Dixie Carter. Um uh, but hell yeah, dude! I'm gonna go to those live tapings. I mean, if they're gonna do it weekly, those tickets are probably gonna be like fifteen, twenty bucks, and I get to go watch Nick Aldis wrestle. That'll be cool. Like, it'll be a fun time. And if anything, it just harkens back to, uh, like you said, uh, you know, WCW at the, the the Gainesville Civic Center or the Omni, and and going to those kind of shows. And it definitely does have kind of a Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, kind of feel to it, you know, a little bit of a territory feel. And, and I love the way they set the ring up. I, I love the old school um, NWA logo and, and the way the ropes look. And that last pay-per-view they did uh, that, you know, the Rock and Roll Express was on and the Briscoes and Gorilla's Destiny. I thought that was really well done. So I'm excited to see what they do in the future. My only worry is they did completely cut ties with Ring of Honor. So they're going to have to completely build – their show based around the talent they have now, which I don't think is impossible, but it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. And they probably need to maintain some people, uh, but you know, they have a lot of prestige going for them. Uh, Corgan's got a lot of money because he's done well in the music, music industry and has been one of those guys that's been able to save up uh, with, you know, a lot of the earnings that he's made uh, throughout that. I just love how passionate he is. Here's a couple of quotes. Uh, this is more talking about, you know, being such a prestigious wrestling uh, place like Atlanta, Georgia, and how they're going to start recording these things on September 30th. And I think they're premiering on October 1st, but this first quote, it's one thing to say you're rebooting the NWA. It's another thing to run matches on somebody else's stage. We're very grateful to those people who shared their stage with us, most recently Ring of Honor, which was an incredible opportunity but now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWA back into spotlight and run on its own oxygen. We're very excited to announce that in October in Atlanta, we will be doing our own television. Um, he then talked about the history of studio tapings when it came to wrestling, how important that is to him. 
thing that sticks out my mind about studio wrestling, particularly in the 70s and 80s, was anything could really happen. You had people getting up very early in the morning, Saturday mornings, kid television, and it had a real feeling of chaos and anarchy that really sold to me as a fan that there was an element of danger and an element of anything can happen. I really, uh, to bring that back to professional wrestling, uh, and I think that the NWA is a perfect vehicle to do that, and the last quote that he had was pertaining to uh, just being a part of television and what that's, that's going to be like. If you're talented and you're interested in the NWA product and you're interested in being on NWA television as a going forward, here's what you need to know. If you're truly a talented person and you can make people care about you, if you're truly a talented person and you can wrestle a match that will make people want to see and pay to see you again, that is what the NWA television product is going to be. You will have every opportunity to reach people, just like those wrestlers in my time reached me. You will have the same opportunity. We will be unsubscribed, uncensored, and really in your face in a way that no wrestling promotion has been in a very long time. All right, given those words, you know, a lot of it's on smoke up the ass for the product, obviously. He's in charge of all this, but... Bill is very, very passionate about this, Chris. Are those pleasing statements uh, as far as talented being involved, studio wrestling and the history of it, and everything else that he said with those quotes? Well, I mean, I would disagree with him on taped television versus live television because the element of surprise is not really there because it's taped and, and you know they can cut it as many times as they want. Um, even though I love those taped shows, and, and you know, Eric Bischoff is the one that took WCW back um, to tape specifically to make money um, to, to do the live show originally, which was Nitro. That was the first live show. And then obviously wall fall suit and now NXT and AEW, it's kind of just the model, but uh, you know, NXT is taped and it's great. So from that standpoint, I think it could still be really good. Ring of honors taped obviously. And so is impact. Um, so the tape thing doesn't bother me at all. I, I kind of disagree with what he said about, taped being more surprising uh, i do remember waking up or like watching you know uh what was it sunday night uh main event the wcw show i can't, I can't think of the name of it right now they used to come on sunday nights because i didn't have cable i'd watch that and that was all taped um and I, it's good to have wrestling back locally in georgia again so even if it's like just decent wrestling i'm excited for it i mean my biggest thing is going to be uh more than anything else is the roster and what they're going to do with the roster and how they're going to fill that out um, more than anything else. And uh, now that they have a TV deal, I think their TV deal is a little better than what MLW has. So do you see guys from like Tom Waller or some of these other cats uh, from MLW maybe jumping over to NWA or, uh, you know, like the Briscoes maybe – looking at the other side of the fence because ring of honor has kind of been on a, a downward slope in my opinion recently. So that's more interesting to me than uh, the show itself, but hell yeah, dude, like first live show, me and you will be there. We're going to go watch that first taping. It'll be awesome. Was it, it's going to be at i uh, I'm assuming earth Inc. live or whatever the hell we call it. Center stage. Yeah, probably. That seems to be the place that a lot of the smaller places like, uh, Ring of Honor and, um, and NXT both record at. So I would assume that could definitely be the location. Um, it's, it's very interesting, man. And you know what? In all this, I would say 
if I were some of these guys that were bigger organizations uh, up until, you know, the, the, the AAW um, came on the scene or even before that when New Japan really made a mark over here in the States, if I was Impact, Ring of Honor, NWA, MLW, in, I already said Impact, um, I would try to maintain – I know it's very hard for different corporations and the different TV studios to work with each other, but – I would try to remain like try to go back to the old system of trying to, you know, help each other out with talent and kind of trade off and stuff like that. And I, that's the one thing that I think is going to hurt them is them trying to seclude themselves. I understand, obviously, uh, you know, what's ever best for the overall bottom line of the, the wallet is what really counts when it comes down to it. But I think a lot of them would be better off, you know, kind of, helping each other out basically um even with this mlw seems like they're they're kind of it seems at least i should say like they have they're okay working with both impact and aew and we have that obviously for wrestling noah with uh, aew so if you could see more of that that's good especially aew showing off that they're willing to work with other smaller organizations especially the ones that help them out before they formed this with Tony Khan, because WWE is, not, is going to get relentless. They're going to continue to make smaller companies and bring them on board. It's great that they have progress and evolve in ICW, and eventually I think all of those are going to be available on the network, and they're feeding into their farm systems, if you will. But I feel like other people are going to be gobbled up so WWE can you know, stretch its legs, basically, and a lot of the other organizations that were, quote-unquote, um, uh, competition to some extent they'll let die <laughs> and that at ring of honor i think is the main one i'm mostly worried about the most because of how much prestige ring of honor has with it uh would you agree with that chris or do you see it differently no i kind of see it in the same way i feel like the ring of honor nwa breakup is just specifically whatever television deal billy corgan had in place um obviously probably rivaled uh, you know um the the Dallas Stars owner I can't think of his name he's on Shark Tank right now but it's probably like a television deal situation so that's probably what broke that rest relationship up relationship up would be my guess um it's really hard because most of the good independent companies uh you know like like you said Evolve and, and Dragon Gate and IWC and MLW and and AAA they all ha- already have working relationships um. If you're if you're NWA, maybe you look back to your roots, uh, knowing that you know TNA and NWA's worked together before, and you try to combine that because right now Impact doesn't have TV, um, well not reliable TV in the United States, and maybe you work that out with uh, Billy Corgan, and uh, somehow he basically circumvents and actually gets control of Impact or something, but. I would try to work those stars in as much as possible. Maybe work a deal out there because it's it's just gonna it's just hard sledding for them. Um, but he is trying to do something different. I, I do like the ten pounds of gold uh, series that they've done on YouTube and stuff. It's just there's a lot of really good wrestling <laughs> with these separate companies, yeah. and a lot of them have working relationships already. And uh, with WWE and AEW both kind of loading up. It's almost like the worst time he could do this, but maybe the best time because it could just be something very niche and very different, almost like Lucha Underground was. 
Um, if you if you have the right talent base and you can tell good stories, it doesn't matter how big your roster is, I guess. No, I would definitely agree with you on that. And I don't. I, I think I think the concept of them trying to produce, you know, if if you could see maybe the NWA National Championship being the main one, and they're doing their stuff over in Georgia for the NWA specific TV product, but the NWA champion, whether it be Nick Aldis or whoever takes the title from him kind of travels in between like the NWA champion used to do through territories and shows up on these other places um, like they were kind of doing beforehand. Instead of taking away from that, I think that ring of honor impact MLW, like I said, those things exclusively over here in the U S you have the MLW is obviously the Florida territory. Uh, NWA is obviously the George territory. You have Canada, which is impact. Um, and then, you know, uh, ring of honor is obviously Philadelphia, you have some towns that already have maintained this. There's a couple other ones, like uh, like uh, Hollywood Wrestling over in California. It has a lot of trading talent. Like a lot of these guys work together. I think they should continue working together and even take that up a notch, honestly, to kind of compete and really reflect and trade talent and have the, maybe the NWA champion as that guy that can go between territories, go against the other champions or go against guys to kind of uplift like they used to do, mimic the past like you're doing. The one thing I love about MWA is if you're going to double down on, you know, PWG has their audience, obviously, and they have a comedic style thing that Jim Cornette hates, even though he forgets. I love Jim Cornette, but he forgets that he fought a fucking Ninja Turtle on television, but whatever. But they do much more comedic stuff. I like the NWA's going back to the roots of having, like, more basically older, you know, uh, styled wrestling matches, like that kind of harping back with the, their look and everything else to the 80s. So it's a, it's, it's a very interesting thing, Chris. And uh, like you said, man, we'll have to definitely go and check out their, uh, their first tapings. Um, I just think that also them having Dave Lagana as the man who's cinematically in charge of everything, what he's done with 10 Pounds of Gold as a documentary series – um, and what he's going to be able to do with the production, having a TV studio behind him, I think is going to be very, very impressive. And Billy Corgan is a very smart man. He he said that on tour when he wasn't, you know, as soon as the tour was done, he was in his trailer marking out stuff, sending emails to different people, trying to build up uh, different storylines and stuff or work on the business aspect within all of this. So he's obviously dedicated. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, any last comments before we move on? Yeah, I just I love that Billy Corgan is such a fan of the business and that this means so much to him and, and that in itself means that it should be semi successful. Um, as long as he gets the right talent. I think recording it locally in Atlanta is, you know, with Turner right around the corner, obviously it's not gonna cost a bazillion dollars to make if you're doing it center stage. Um Georgia is kind of thirsty for wrestling, especially since AEW is just like, we're going to go to Florida and then skip over you guys completely and just go to the Midwest and all the Northeast and then just skip over you guys again so far. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, set your man, Chris, back down here, man. How how similar an aspect, if you look at it you know, <laughs> like that, is, is it to the territory days now? It's like every state's pumping up their own thing. You have the Von Erichs making their own Texas thing, like Kevin's starting something. His sons are obviously working in MLW. You have you have everyone kind of sprouting up in different cities, kind of the the wrestling towns, and obviously you have WWE up in the well. They're 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 global, but they're obviously outside of the Northeast. It's very interesting that AEW 
would position themselves down in Florida, you know, given the history of Dusty and, and just, you know, that, that it, 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 it's crazy. I, I just think it's crazy how it's reflecting so much off the 80s, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. I mean, to me, the crazy part is that they position in Florida, but they're not really working the South. Um, which kind of makes sense because they're trying to sell out, you know, 10,000 or 5,000 to 10,000 seat buildings. So it makes a lot of sense with traveling fans and stuff. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's really easy to become a fan of something that I can go see, you know, twice a month <laughs> relatively cheap <laughs> in my own backyard. Uh, kind of territory days where I, I I love the idea. I mean, if you look at the P the PWG crowd, how like almost celebrity driven it is now, and how much those tickets cost. Like you can have a very successful company doing that. It, it just depends on where you're wanting to go. Like obviously, Billy Corgan's goal is not to go head to head with WWE, um, and AEW's goal is. Well, that's debatable, right? So it's they pretend they're not going to. They pretend they're not going to. That we'll go with that. But I mean, if you look like MLW's business model, and they're going to have TV and stuff, like Billy Corgan can make it work. It's more just the yep. roster, like like you said, and like we said. I and like I said, I'll fucking I'm going to go see one of those tapings, probably the first one if if possible. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest Smashing Pumpkin fan in the world, but I, I really did love uh, the Broken Hardys when he was kind of in charge of Impact for a while and letting and letting those cats run wild. So I'm interested to see what he can do, and I, I love that. Like you said, the 10 Pounds of Gold stuff on YouTube has been great, and uh, if they go in that direction with their TV show and the tapings and stuff, yeah, hell yeah, I'll go see it. Yep, and I hope that maybe the last statement is uh, local big, I, I, you know, wrestling company like Southern Honor Wrestling that has had even help with from AEW being involved with them. You know, they're very, they're in Canton, but I would hope that maybe NWA would put out some feelers for some talent around here. A lot of those guys could use the experience, and they obviously have legends like Dem Dallas Page and especially Jake Roberts helping out with them. So it'll be interesting to see someone like an AC Mac or. Um, trying to think of like one of the other big guys uh joe black uh interacting with some of the nwa guys but either way it's gonna be fun uh let's talk about a movie that or a television show i should say on stars coming out chris uh we found out that Stephen amell who's recording or might have already finished recording the last season of arrow um Stephen amell is going to be on a new stars uh television series uh called heels um that's coming out very cool concept. Uh, this is the report from Deadline, written by Michael uh, Waldron, uh, with Mike O'Malley set as showrunner. Heels about the men and women who chase their dreams in the world of small-town pro wrestling. Set in the close-knit Georgia community, it follows a family-owned wrestling uh, promotion as two brothers and rivals, one of them played by Stephen Amell, war over their late father's legacy in the ring. Somebody must play the good guy, and somebody must play their nemesis, the heel, which is Amel's character. But in the real world, those characters can be hard to live up to or hard to leave behind. In the ring, Amel's Jack Spade is a charismatic villain or heel of the Duffy Wrestling uh, Association. Terrible name. But anyways, in the real world, he he's its hardworking owner, a husband and father trying to make ends meet while fighting 
to realize his impossible dream. He has the mind of an artist in in the body of a warrior, and Steve Jobs, uh, Ian, need for perfection and for control. He says he'll do whatever it takes to build the DWA into an empire. Will he go so far as to risk his marriage or his relationship with his brother? The, the cool aspect of this is that I think that Stephen Amell has grown. I, I don't watch Arrow um, anymore. I've been watching the, uh, the big crossover events, but I got so far behind on a lot of the CW uh, shows and also the format of it, uh, of, of being a melodrama, kind of got boring with 20-episode seasons. But I've always thought that Stephen Amell was a standout and has built himself out of a lot of those actors as a good actor. Stars is something that's going to definitely push him. This is not going to be a melodrama. It will be dramatic in, in essence, definitely with the show, but it will be a, a bigger stage for him to display his acting credibility. Uh, also within this, uh, the, this announcement, Stephen Amell said, uh, sent out a tweet, said, hey, Cody Rhodes, want to come and help me make a TV show? So I don't think that's insinuating anything really too much. They're obviously good friends. Stephen has remained friends with especially Cody and also Neville and a lot of the other guys that he's had a chance to work with. Um, we'll go into the second question I have about Steven that involves wrestling outside of this television show, but with him doing this, if this becomes a hit because of the success of stuff like glow, um, will this be good for him? And we know that Steven's obsessed with doing his own stunts. He already knows how to do, you know, we, we've given him credit for doing a lot of springboards and different things within the wrestling ring in a short amount of time. He seems like this is going to help him take it up to another level. I don't know if this was uh, him working out with his wife uh, for him returning to wrestling and said he's just going to do a wrestling TV show, but it doesn't matter. I hope this becomes a hit for him, man, just because I think Steven is a good guy and he hasn't been able to hit like a John Cena level as far as reach, but he has that, that love and passion when it comes to uh, charities and getting involved with the community and, uh, you know, meeting his fans and just being a good dude uh, in general. Uh, he's had, I think, four different charity organizations that he's opened up and called one called Fuck Cancer. You know, I love Stephen Amell. I think he's a really good, humble guy, and I hope this is a success for him. Are you looking forward to heels, Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that uh, Stars in general has been doing really good TV, um, specifically uh, Power is one of my favorite TV shows in general. And uh, they're, they're not going to put out a bad product. Um, the interesting thing here is the name Jack Spade as a as a heel name is just not <laughs> the best. Um, we also don't know what time period this is set in. Um, so there's some questions I have, but I, I like Stephen Mill a lot, and I think that it could be pretty good for the longest time. Uh, the first up, like the first season of Arrow, I just called him Canadian Paul Walker <laughs> for the longest time because for whatever reason it was like. <laughs> for whatever reason he just reminded me of Paul Walker my wife always laughs at that shit I'm like it's fucking Canadian Paul Walker you failed the city <laughs> uh, but I loved uh, the first like three seasons Arrow and I'm kind of like you I just kind of fell off because uh, I mean it's all CW shows really you can even interchange it with uh, their vampire shows or whatever they just have very similar writing um but yeah, I think he's a great actor, and I really appreciate his love for the wrestling business. And um, you know, 
not being afraid to get in there and mix it up, like even at WrestleMania against uh, Stardust and, and different companies and stuff. Like that's the biggest stage of all, and he's getting in there and doing springboards and stuff. It's going to be really cool, and, and maybe we get a cool matchup. Like, I don't know, um, Stephen Amell versus Jungle Boy. That could be fun. They're about the same size, especially if you get some more wrestling training and stuff. You could, you could have a fun match out of that, right, for AEW. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to this show. I hate the character names. <laughs> just because I think that's like the worst heel name of all time. Uh, but outside of that, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I guess my uh, my next question, you kind of went into a little bit. To For publicity's sake, mainly, uh, more so I think with AEW than that he would do, I'm assuming, with WWE, but he's had a pass with, well, kind of with both, but you know what I'm saying, like not really. AEW hadn't formed when he was on All In last year. But basically, uh, could you potentially see Stephen Amell getting involved wrestling-wise due to the show and his his uh, his friendship with Cody? I mean, I would say so for sure. I mean, it seems something that I mean, obviously, if he wasn't passionate about it at all, he wouldn't have done a wrestling match. I, the guy had like the biggest CW show and. It's not like he was hurting for money and needed to do WrestleMania or, or anything. It seems like he legitimately loves wrestling. And I don't know that I would necessarily be looking at that AEW roster and being like, I'll let Cody train me. <laughs> I'd probably be like, maybe Omega trains me. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> outside of that, you know, yeah, I think that I think that they definitely could work something out for sure. All right, let's move on to a pretty crazy uh, incident. Uh, involves uh, past WWE superstar Ronda Rousey. Uh, she was filming 911, the television show, and uh, she nearly lost her finger. Uh, she came on and said that within a freak accident, basically, uh, a boat door fell on her finger. She showed a picture of it. She said she didn't even realize the pain because she's used to in both UFC and also in, in, in WWE now you know, not trying to display the amount of pain that you're taking to the audience so you can still end up being this tough person and keep it out of your, your head mentally, which makes sense. But if you see the picture of her finger, finger completely mangled, completely almost taken off, uh, just really fucked up, and I'm happy that they're able to save the finger, obviously, um, and she already has uh, 50% of uh, range of motion uh, within the first three days of healing up within it, but... If you want to see a gnarly picture of it, definitely check that out. I uh, hope that Ronda recovers swimmingly. I definitely miss her in the WWE. Uh, obviously, if she's doing stuff like this, and then you know, with with her wanting to start a family, that's definitely going to hold her back from coming back if she does. But I hope to potentially see her back in the future, even if it's something something of a one-off uh, with WWE. Her, you know, just her working with a lot of people. Her and Shayna, if Shayna were to come to Raw or SmackDown. Her and, and Becky obviously have hidden hidden stuff. Her and Charlotte have some, some unfinished business. A uh, lot of potential there, but luckily, going back to this, Chris, holy shit, that finger looked pretty damn gnarly within the photo of it. What a yeah, man, that thing was, uh, that was, that was fucking crazy looking. Um I, I will start this off by saying I'm a fan of the show 911, and I'm kind of excited to see what she's going to do on it because it is a reoccurring role. And what I will notate on this is it is a Fox premiere show. It's like Fox's one title show, kind of their big A-list show right now. Um, 
not trying to spread any rumors or anything, but I'm starting to kind of wonder if uh, this worked out into that deal with uh, Vince and WWE, and she's probably going to end up back, would be my guess. So you're going to be on Fox, huh? <laughs> I mean, because, you know, he used to do that with uh, Hogan and stuff. If you if you remember the way they would work, like you know uh, the Mr. T deal and then some of the Hogan movies and stuff, um, he would work that out with those television companies that he had deals with when he started buying up territories and stuff. So that's not out of the realm of possibility that she just happened to end up on a Fox show. Maybe they get her back at at Mania, and that's nothing against like her acting or anything. Uh, and then, like I said, I like nine nine one one, so I'm looking forward to see her, seeing her on it. But, uh, yeah, it just seems very coincidental that she ended up on a primetime Fox show. Let's just say that. Hey, pal, you want to make a deal with the whole Fox thing coming up? Yeah, definitely agree with you. We'll have to see. But, uh, like I said, I'm glad if Ronda didn't get her finger just completely annihilated and taken off. Uh, here's the story yeah. that, Chris, I don't know I, I, if I, you heard or not. Oh, I was going to say, she doesn't need a, a finger to arm bar you, though, so it'd be okay. <laughs> well, there's that, you know. There's definitely that. Um, this is this is crazy. Dave Metzler uh, over at the Wrestling Observer noted this, that I don't know if, if it was from Punk or if, if his uh, agent fucked up royally, but apparently uh, CM Punk's agent uh, tried to get him a job on the new FS1 WWE show that's going to be coming out. Now, we don't know exactly what's the level of the show. Um, if this, this is supposed to be an extra show that's kind of I'm, – I'm assuming that's going to be like Talking Smack, but related to the product of maybe going to more of a sports-driven uh, presentation for Raw and SmackDown, a recap show. I also know that SmackDown now, there is rumors that it's going to be two hours, but there's going to be a third hour uh, on the network that you can jump to. I don't know exactly what the fuck's going on with WWE. They're trying to do new things uh, involved with it, but – just just the headline itself, the fact that his agent tried to, you know, and I don't know if this is working out or, like I said, if Punk had no idea that his agent was doing this or what, but get him a job on this sports-driven, styled FS1 uh, WWE show, like this recap show, uh, pretty fucking crazy. Uh, what, what, what do you think about all this, Chris? Do you think that there's any smoke to this fire? No, I don't at all. I feel like it's just more CM Punk news that we have to talk about. <laughs> what I will say is uh, if you're a good agent, you're going to put out feelers for any kind of job for your client, right, especially during the middle of this weird lawsuit that he's in with Colt Cabana. Um, and I think that announcing I, – I don't know. I don't want to say for sure, but I know his, his announcing gig, he hasn't really – I haven't seen him recently doing MMA announcing. Um, a perfect job for Punk if he didn't want to do wrestling. He's a huge hockey fan, and being such a big name, I think he would like fit in perfect doing like uh, like NBC Sports Network, uh, something on the Hockey Network to to talk about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, like if you're a good agent, you're gonna try to get him on anything, right? So like, didn't he do like celebrity athlete gimmick on Netflix or something? Like I don't know, it just seems like nothing to me. Like you, and and the, I, we don't even know if that show on FS1 is going to happen at this point, especially with the NXT being on USA. Um, that depends on how Fox feels about that situation. 
Still crazy. Uh, Brene Young is is rumored to be the host of this show. But, you know, just the fact that Dave is the one reporting this and that, you know, we know that his agent actually reached out. It wasn't vice versa. It was it just it's just a crazy concept, especially since, well, how tumultuous Punk's relationship is with fucking WWE at this time, that 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 would even be something that his agent would look out to do. Basically, yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you have an agent, let's say they're halfway decent, right? Regardless of whatever situation, you're trying to find the best job for the most money as a celebrity. I mean, that as an actor, you're trying to always find the best. But you are you are acting, you are downgrading who we're fucking dealing with. We're dealing with Phil Brooks, (laughs) man, and Phil's got one hell of an ego. He's not wrestling though; he's just talking about wrestling. Who would be in charge of that whole entire thing? Who would be in would charge of that McMahon? I, I mean, he doesn't really have a problem with Vince McMahon as much as he does Triple H. So I guess that's the that's the hard cutoff, right? I mean, I don't know. Like I said, like I've said a long time with Punk, I have never ruled out that he won't – I've never been the guy that says he's never coming back to WWE because I, I think money talks and bullshit walks. And like Austin, when yeah. he left, he was like, I'm never going back there. And then he came back. Or Brett. The Rock, when he left and became a millionaire, a bazillionaire movie star. You know, if you make the right – or Brock Lesnar, for instance, went won a UFC title. If you make the right offer, I'm not ever – I'm not going to say that Philip Brooks isn't going to go back to WWE. Um, but, I mean, as, as a smart agent, like, you know he's he was a good wrestler and – he did some sports shows and he did an M- a couple of MMA fights. So you kind of have like a very narrow window to work with unless you want someone to talk about comics on TV or a podcast or something. So, I mean, like I'm assuming that he's just putting out feelers everywhere. And that doesn't mean Dave's report's not wrong because his agent totally could have been like, yo, are you guys hiring for this job? And you think about CM Punk. That didn't mean CM Punk is like, yeah, to- I'm totally going to take that job. That just means that his agent's like, let me get him an offer and, Take it to him and see what happens. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying I, I don't think in – I mean, time will tell. Like I said, Bret Hart came back eventually, but I, I could see the agent realistically doing that, but I could not see CM Punk being like, yeah, let's do that if there was a counter offer. Or I, I don't yeah, know if WWE uh, want to deal with them on any type of business level really at this point. Um, I mean, I think that WWE wants to deal with him, but not as a like really an announcer. They would want him to come back and have no. a match, right? Yeah, exactly. You they know, like that roping them for that. I mean, they want they would want like at least one. I mean, even if they were going to move him to an announcer, they would want at least one Mania or Rumble match or something um, for a payoff on that, especially if he's healthy enough to do it. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily want to see that, but. <laughs> He's been out of the ring. I saw his move uh, when he came in as a luchador and and wasn't super, super impressed by it. But um, (laughs) uh, there's always going to be hype around CM Punk. I don't think we're ever getting out of this conversation. Yep. I mean, that's that's something that's going to be an ongoing thing for a long time. But – I guess that proves, you know, that he he made some type of impact in the uh, in the in the world of, of professional wrestling. But in the world of podcasts, and what you brought up goes into our next uh, news item. WWE is uh, is stepping on our ground, man. Uh, we have new competition, Chris, out there in the wrestling uh, podcast game because WWE has announced that they're going to be doing their own fucking podcast network. 
I guess I guess Vince made a meeting. I'm assuming that was on the lines of, "Who's this Conrad Thompson? I want my own podcast network. I'm gonna take down Chris Jericho and Steve Austin and all these other ones, pal." Um, I doubt that was really it, but still, there is a good side to this. You know, we already know that WWE has helped out with Zack Ryder and um, and Kurt Hawkins or, or Kurt. Yeah, Kurt Hawkins on their wrestling action figure show. Um, and also, Up, Up, Down, Down has been a very lucrative thing for Xavier Woods. We know that ex-WWE wrestlers, like I said, Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, um, Edge and Christian, uh, all podcasts, which I listen to every week, uh, um, X-Pac, all of them have their own shows. And then you have all the Conrad shows that he does, one with Bruce Pritchard, who currently works for WWE, uh, Jim Ross, who works for AEW, um, uh, uh, Tony Schiavone works for AEW, and Eric Bischoff, who works for WWE. I didn't realize that until that his four shows are literally split up between the two companies. But there's a lot out there. There's a lot of stories to be told. There's a lot of you know different information that I love getting on a weekly basis. And we do our show. There's a lot of uh, smaller shows. Some of them fucking suck ass. Um, and I have no idea how they have the fan base that they have, but you know, I'm not going to go into too much shit talking. Um, and some of them are great. Um, Simon Miller over at, at, um, at what culture, I think he does a great job, very positive dude. And then you obviously have some of the bigger news, uh, outlets like the observer who do their own thing. There's so many wrestling content. WWE now wants certain people. What I would love to see is something similar to the legends of wrestling, uh, type of situation where it's a round table. I guess you have to have Michael P.S. Hayes involved um, because that just comes mandatory with it. There's another person. I don't know who, you, who would be the Conrad Thompson, but if you have a Paul Heyman tells all style show of him breaking down certain situations, like the format of a Conrad Thompson that he does with something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard or does with uh, uh, 33 weeks with uh, Eric Bischoff, that would fascinate the hell out of me. There's a lot of potential with certain people's show. The only downside I can think of is these men and women have so much to do uh, on a weekly basis just with wrestling, including the live shows and the, the recorded shows. Then the extra stuff, you know, the, the, uh, the shows that they do, I, I forgot the hell the name of it is, where they're traveling and recording it. Now there's the podcast aspect. Obviously, it's going to be offered to people that want to do it. And people already do podcasts while they're traveling, like we said with Xavier and Zach and Kurt. But still, this is a lot of content that could be really beneficial. I just hope it doesn't overwork the boys and girls of WWE to try to get all this content out. Like I said, my number one is a Paul Heyman podcast, though. Uh, and also a Legend of Wrestling, some type of roundup where they don't have to specifically video record it but an audio thing where it's a bunch of like older dudes kind of talking about different types of situations like they used to on the, I forgot the WWE network before it was a network that was a uh, way back. WWE on demand. <laughs> on demand. Thank which you. Was, Chris, which was way what more do you think about all than this? WWE network. <laughs> uh, I think, I think it's great. Uh, I, they're doing different podcasts. Like Renee has like a fashion podcast and, um, it's not just one thing. It's it's multiple things, right? So it's not just all wrestling. It seems like they're doing the figure podcast. It seems like they're just branching out and trying to do a bunch of different stuff. I agree with you as a wrestling fan. I I'm not going to listen to Renee Young talk about 
things I don't care about because like <laughs> I mean just because she's Renee Young doesn't mean I'm going to listen to her podcast so I would really love like a Legends of Wrestling type podcast the roundtable if you guys haven't watched those um, they're kind of buried with the new <laughs> with the new outlay of the network but definitely check out those roundtables there's a really good one of Michael Hayes and uh, Dusty Rhodes talking about Terry Funk setting Dusty Rhodes' ass on fire and then accidentally setting a grandma grandma on fire in the front row. And it's just a great oh Dusty God. Rhodes promo. Check that out. It's, it's amazing. Um, some of the older stuff they used to do is great, but, you know, they've lost, like, Gino Krillin's not there, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, JR's not going to be there. So yeah, they still have, you know, uh, Patterson and uh, I guess Michael P.S. Hayes, and I would like to see them bring in some people that don't talk a lot. Like I would like to hear William Regal stories and like, oh, do yeah. some stuff from the 90s. You know what I mean? Like William Regal is a badass. Like hell, get what, what's Haku doing? He's part of the Samoan family. Bring him in. <laughs> Have him do some stuff. That'd be fun. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I love that idea, but I want them to rotate the guests more and maybe just like bring in Hall of Famers if they can. Um but yeah, I love that idea. Um, obviously, if me and you could just if we just had on tap every WWE Hall of Famer, <laughs> we would have one on the every show <laughs> with something to talk about. But uh, yeah, I, I love that idea. But the rest of the podcast, I think they're just combining them into one thing, like the Edge and Christian podcast, the Figure podcast, the uh, Renee podcast, the um, the I guess. Uh, the what's the guy with the curly hair? Sam um, can't think of his last name. Robinson. He's always on the pre-shows. Sam Robinson. Um, but I also love your idea of a Paul Heyman podcast. Paul Heyman talking about anything is going to be entertaining. Like listen to him cut a promo. <laughs> like just listen to that man cut a promo and tell me he can't do a good podcast. <laughs> like he could be talking about. Um, American Idol, and I'd probably be like, damn, maybe I should watch American Idol. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would be into that. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's already but I would love, with what they're going to do. I want the situation, I don't care who you get the hosted, if it's like Renee Young or she, like, I think Paul would be good for a series of ones, but if you get someone that can host some people that are very hard to get, like, I would love a really in depth two hour Dwayne Johnson interview that's something that Stone Cold's been trying for a long time to get and it's they just kind of they have clashing schedules he does a fucking million things per moment but with paul Heyman, just just to have someone like try to do the conrad thompson of opening it up and just have him go excuse me sir let me explain my own story and just have him <laughs> break down the you know you can do the end of ecw the the wwe ecw run you could do him in charge of smackdown you could do uh, him and Tom, you know, Tommy Dreamer's tumultuous relationship, how there's, they're like family now, but it was really bad for a time period where, where Paul owed him a very large amount of money. You know, there's a lot of different stories you can go about. His partnership that was kind of secretive with, with Vince, uh, Brock Lesnar, just a whole entire episode. The way that Conrad has developed this thing that he does with Bruce, that he does with Eric, that he does with Tony, that he does with uh, Jim Ross – it's a very smart way to do it that I think that you could do it with specifically Paul Heyman. Um, and just like I said, bigger, bigger, bigger interviews. Um, 
you know, we've only had one really big interview with Brock Lesnar, and that was Stone Cold, and he was able to talk to him on a very, very man-to-man basis because Brock respects Steve. I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious if you do that with a certain other person, what it would be like, uh, especially with uh, Paul not present uh, within the interview, who's his real-life agent. So there's a lot of cool things that can come from this, and there's a lot of stupid bullshit that I'm probably not going to listen to ever. But them trying the game of podcasts a little bit late, but hey, man, if we get more contact and I have more stuff to listen to while I'm at my warehouse eight hours a day, I'm down, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the, I'm in the same boat as you, man. If it's good, I'll listen to it. If it's about wrestling, I'll probably listen to it. If it's about, like, action figures or – you know, WWE meetups or fashion, probably not going to listen to it. But if you're like, hey, William Lee yeah. is coming on this podcast to talk about 1995 WCW, I'd be like, hell yeah, do you want to hear that? Like, there's certain things I'm going to pop for more than other things, obviously. I, I don't think it's a dumb idea. I think they're just trying to get one step ahead of whatever AEW is doing. Um, and obviously, AEW already has kind of YouTube with being the lead on lock. And I, I w- I'm assuming that they think podcasting is next, uh, especially with JR already being over there and Shivani already being over there. Um, the big dick baller in this situation is Eric Bischoff and what he does, which he's pretty much done nothing so far. He's just been hired so that no one else could hire him. I guess <laughs> he's just kind of sitting on a couch and maybe we'll get his podcast, uh, on this WWE podcast network. Well, it's weird. Like, if you hear, I think it was Dave who was breaking it down, you know, and this, I guess we can kind of go into this right now. Um, we're going to be talking more in, in depth about this, obviously, but like a lot of people, obviously, the, the thing about Vince's involvement with NXT. But with Rob, the only people that were a part of create Vince is basically so consumed right now with the XFL, which a lot of us thought he was going to be. He wasn't at the movie tapings. Apparently, the leadership within the thing was Paul, both Pauls, so Paul Levesque, Triple H, Kevin Dunn, and also Paul Heyman, uh, basically organized the whole entire thing with the, uh, the the writers they have. And SmackDown, I think they said Paul Heyman was still involved, but it was Paul, Eric, uh, Triple H, and Kevin Dunn. But that's about it. I think P.S. Hayes might have been involved with both sets. They're re- oh, oh, no, no, that's who it was. It was... Bruce Pritchard pretty much is helping out creatively with SmackDown, but a lot of people don't know that. But knowing that these two things, like, it might have just been one week, Chris, but is it crazy that Vince is taking a step back with XFL and that you're seeing these groups of individuals that he's hired back kind of working together for Ron SmackDown? That could be a very positive thing, but, you know, we don't know how long it's going to last. He could be back next week ripping up scripts, but still kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, I knew he was in all the creative meetings because uh, apparently I didn't get the superstar's name, but he sent everyone out of the room and had like a 45-minute conversation of someone that was very displeased. I saw an article about that uh, recently. I didn't get to read. I didn't get to read what the entire detail was, but I saw that earlier today. So he's still doing the meetings and stuff. So Vince is still there. It's not like Vince has disappeared. Um, I will say Raw was better than SmackDown uh, overall as a show. So I don't know uh, – for whatever reason, Raw definitely had a Paul Heyman feel, and SmackDown felt like it had zero direction, and they made fucking Kevin Owens look like a goof. So I don't know what the fuck's going on on SmackDown. 
Yeah, that ending was definitely ridiculous. But um, all right, let's get uh, let's get into some of this AEW stuff. Uh, first big thing is uh, with well, I mean, actually, you brought it up. Well, I brought it up originally, and you brought it up. We can kind of just talk about it real quick. Tony Schiavone, officially part of AEW, still officially a part of MLW, is going to be doing announcing for them. Um, and they haven't made it look like that he has to leave one for the other. Both MLW and AEW said that he's continuing partnerships with both. So what does that mean that Tony's going to be doing for AEW? Is he going to be like kind of how he was uh, pre him taking over for you know, play-by-play in WWE when he was more the interviewing guy throughout the 80s and, and, and their announcer, or are they going to shoot Alex Mordez and Tony JR also, um, I always fucking forget his name. Uh, let's say Luchadoro. Uh, no, Excalibur. Uh, it's going to be the three of them on commentary. Or <laughs> Tony and or Tony going to be doing announcing? What do you think? I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be Jim Ross, Excalibur, and this Marvez guy is gone because no one has liked him on any of these shows. Um, and if you're Tony Khan. You don't really give a shit. If if people think he's bad, you move him, right? Like, uh, he may be friends with other people, but uh, I would really, really love I, – I think Excalibur has been doing a great job, and I think JR has been doing fine. Um, I don't think JR has been – I mean, JR during the Dusty Rhodes-Cody Rhodes match I thought was just classic JR. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get there. And some of that is just how fast-paced the matches are now, and they're not building story as much as you know they do in New Japan or, or early WWE or WCW. Um, so that's going to take him a little bit of time. But having someone like Tony Schiavone, who's a very he he was used to calling that lucha play-by-play in uh, WCW, I think that would be like money. Like I, I don't know Alex Marvez. I don't know like. Out of the things that I've seen him do, I haven't been a huge fan. He's just kind of there. I mean, he's not like Tom Phillips, WWE bad, but kind of is like really bad, in my opinion. Um, and maybe he'll get better. I mean, Renee Young is also pretty bad, if I'm being completely honest on commentary. So it's not just this guy. I should be fair. Um, but yeah, like Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross back together, that's magical. Even if it's just for one show. Um, I hope they work out a deal with MLW because I would love to see uh, maybe the Chop and Roll Express in this tag tournament <laughs> with Chico Brian Alvarez and uh, Filthy Tom Waller. That's probably going to happen. But. I think the spotlight's <laughs> too big for uh, for Mr. Brian Alvarez. I think it's just you know yeah, it's too big of a spotlight. <laughs> or maybe they got to get more bigger for for him. For for him, they'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, I, I I would love the partnership. Not so much for your idea, but. Because of a lot of the great talents on MLW, but I'm glad they're remaining. I love, I love, even though Jim has been on fire about fucking going after certain wrestlers on the roster, including getting physical with Sammy um, Callahan before he left. And Jim Cornette and Tony have been great stables as far as commentary on MLW. If Tony comes and they take out Alex, uh, I don't know who would do play by play since Alex Excalibur is really good, or if they would have. That's a very – all three of them seem to have done the same thing before in the past. So that's – you know, obviously now JR's kind of moved to the color guy completely and, and lets Excalibur do the play-by-play. So what would Tony do? But they could figure it out. that You do a damn better job than Alex did. No offense to Mr. Marvez. But even if they had him as a bit backstage interviewer, 
he's someone that could bring a lot of prestige uh, to that and kind of give it that Gene Okerlund feel, if you will, of, of really being able to get a good interview out of people. He did that for a series of years in the 80s before he was known for uh, doing play-by-play. So yeah, and, there's a lot of cool I, I things about say, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I will say this about Alex Marvez. We've only seen five shows, and he could get a lot better. But what I've seen, if I'm judging it, versus everything I've seen of Tony Schiavone ever from MLW to WCW to the Gwinnett Stripers here in Atlanta, um, (laughs) Tony Schiavone's way better. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I agree. All right, so what's not better um, is this next uh, news item, man. It seems like John Moxley messed him up. Messed himself up pretty badly. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds like this is due to so much work within the G1 tournament, but he's not going to be able to make the next pay-per-view um, for uh, All Out uh, against Kenny Omega, which was one of the built matches. I know my friend Michael Hoyt was very – he got tickets, uh, ground or floor tickets to All Out. He was one of the people able to do that. I have no idea how. And he was, he was kind of pissed off. He was like, this sucks. We'll talk about what they decided to do and how I think Chris needs to start just telling me how he can fucking read the future uh, a bit. But <laughs> it was almost immediate. It is just to me that message. Almost immediate. But uh, here's a series. Here's a series of uh, of uh, tweets that John Moxley said, and then the response from Cody about it. John Moxley, I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news, but I'd rather it come directly from me. In a nightmare scenario, a serious case of MRSA has returned in my elbow. Before we go on, is that a staph infection? I'm assuming it's some – I think MRSA is uh, some sort of infection similar to what CM Punk had, if I remember right, with his infection. So it can be a very serious thing. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be completely fucking this up, but I I think that – Dr. Emil, like uh, Steve, what was it, Dr. Stephen Emil or whatever, the, the, the doctor that CM Punk sued. That's, that's the, that's the arrow. CM Punk. No, what was the guy's name? Uh, doctor, it was Dr. something. It's Emil, I think. I don't know. It's not Stephen Emil, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Stephen Emil. He did not sue the arrow. <laughs> CM Punk would never sue someone that's a comic book hero. He loves comics. Uh, <laughs> uh, he does love comics. That's not a joke. Um, yeah, like I think it's very similar to what CM Punk had um, on his. I think his was on his like hip or something though. Um, so I'm assuming right. some sort of. So it's. So yeah, so it's probably a staph infection. Like I said, it's probably I'm assuming due to G1. Uh, but anyways, getting back to the quote, uh, the timing couldn't be worse. In the circumstances, I'm forced to pull out of the fight of 831 versus Omega at All Out. I apologize to all involved. Most importantly, the fans. I'm incredibly frustrated and pissed off. I'll have surgery this week to remove the Barusa sack in my elbow Ugh. and be done with it for good. Should be a quick recovery, so I will be 100% for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Still, I expect All Out to be an amazing pay-per-view and hope all the fans out there looking for an alternative uh, tune-in, you will be blown away by AEW and be excited to be a wrestling fan. I'm looking forward to watching as a fan myself, but this fucking sucks. And then Cody's response to it was very heartbreaking news. John's health and safety is paramount to all of us. We will actively try and reschedule this match down the road. A replacement match for All Out will be announced soon. Our thoughts are with John. Let's talk about this first, and then we'll talk about the replacement match. 
how do you feel about all this? Really sucks for John. You know he's probably giving himself as much hell for it. But we'll be able to get it in the future. This could be a hell of a lot worse. And we're getting a pretty good replacement match. But I can see people like Hoyt going live to this and being – like this was the marquee match basically, I would say. Two of the biggest guys in the wrestling industry, Kenny and John, in a match they've been building up. What do you think? Yeah, and like I would be very upset if I bought tickets to see Moxley Russell, especially the run he's been on and uh, watching him in the G1 and how great he's been. But then knowing that he was in the G1, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, you're not going to come out of that thing unscathed. Uh, it sucks that he has an infection on his elbow. I thought he wrestled very safe in the G1. Um, he had some really good fucking matches. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That sucks as a fan, but... um. The follow-up is so good that I don't know that it necessarily sucks as a fan. <laughs> I hope he gets better. And I love Moxley. I think he's doing really, really well right now as far as, like, I think that he is probably, outside of WWE, he's definitely the top star in the industry right now. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that because instead we're going to get a wrestling clinic with fucking Neville and Kenny Omega, who I will say out of modern wrestlers – when it comes to being a just athletics specifically, they're both they're both fucking up there, man. They're like in that category with a Ray Phoenix or a Kota Ibushi. These two can. It's kind of like Neville for me, uh, Chris was very similar to Pentagon. I wanted I want in the television series going forward feuds specifically with those two guys with Kenny. So starting off this, um, this is really good. I know that Kenny's going to be going against Phoenix. The AAA um, Mega Championship, their main title, soon in the future. I don't see him getting it, but it still would be a really cool notch for uh, Kenny's belt if that happens. He also recently brought up tension between him and Pentagon and let them be known at the last AEW pay-per-view that they're not finished. Now we're getting Neville and Kenny in a match to replace John Moxley and Kenny. These guys, you know, even given the amount of time that they don't have a lot, as much time as they'd probably like to prepare for this, they're both guys that like to do stuff in the ring a lot, so this is going to be magic, I think. They should, in theory, have really good chemistry, and I'm looking forward to this, and I hope this stems future stuff for Kenny to have a problem with uh, Neville in the future. I have a feeling that him and Pentagon will be first because Pentagon will cause Kenny not to be able to get that championship against his brother, and that will cause like a blood feud between them, but... I'm glad we're getting an accidental startup of a possible feud in the future with Neville. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, man. Uh, Neville and Omega, I think, will be a great match. Uh, it's going to harken back almost to Austin Aries versus Neville, but Omega, to me, is a little better than Aries. Um, I think Neville's going to work heel most of the match. Uh, obviously very similar to what he was doing in WWE, but turned up to like 11 because he's not restricted by whatever the agents give him to do. Um, and then Kenny's probably going to make a comeback and win, but it's still going to be a really, really fun-ass match. And uh, it's going to end up being a better match than what Omega and uh, Moxley was going to be. To me, their styles just don't match. Um which I, I guess some people get mad at me for that, but that, that's how I feel about it. I think you're actually getting a better match. <laughs> like if, if if you're just talking about in-ring quality and, and what the match is going to be, I think it's probably going to be a better match with uh, 
Neville or AKA Pac versus Omega for sure. And as far as going forward in the future, I think, you know, Omega needs this win. Um, yes. I think, I think the setup is probably him and Jericho, right? Because I, yeah, I don't, definitely. Yeah, they have unfinished business too. Yeah. Especially with, with Moxley getting hurt, you could have had him have a run at the title, but if he's hurt, and you start in the end of September. Let's say he's out three or four weeks. I don't know how you build that up properly. Um, I would just build him up, like have him come back as a badass while you have um, <clears throat> while you have Jericho and 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 Omega just kind of hold down the top card for a while. It's going to be interesting, man. One thing that I found also interesting was a news article that said that Dragon Gate is allowing. Neville to do this. The reason why I find this interesting is uh, what the fuck type of deal did Neville, uh, aka Pac, we keep on calling Neville, obviously he's Pac now. What fucking deal did he get with Dragon Gate where they can, if they wanted to, it sounds like they could have kiboshed this. Uh, is he going to finally ever be able to be fully AEW or is he going to have this Dragon Gate bullshit for, I, I just don't know what the contract was and it just seems like it's very aggressive. Of it seems he's a main property of Dragon Gate that they're allowing to be used for AEW. He's kind of like Spider Man and uh, Dragon Gate Sony, and then <laughs> AEW is Marvel. But in this situation, I think Dragon Gate's being the dick bags, and the opposite. Obviously, I'm, I'm siding more so with Sony, but that's another it, story. It, would, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be geek vibes unless we got a Sony Disney comment in this week, right? <laughs> Absolutely. In <laughs> W O, um, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, uh, you know I agree with you. I hate. You know what? I hate the fucking name Pac though. I'm not going to lie, because it just reminds me of X Pac. Like there's already yep. been a Pac. There's been other wrestlers named Pac. Like I'm always going to call him Neville. Tupac. It's not because it's, it's not because I hate <laughs> hate him as a wrestler. He's just like he's Neville. I think King Neville was a way better name. Uh, maybe I just come up with something different, but he's a great wrestler. Um, yeah, man, I I don't know that the to me AEW is kind of up in the air with their title picture, but just because I just I don't think the fans are behind Hangman at all. So yeah, I feel like Cody sees a lot in Hangman the way his father did with Magnum TA, but uh, the only difference is. Um, Hangman's got to really get over the crowd um, and, and move them the way that Magnum did back in the day. So, yeah, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, the only difference is, like, fucking, he couldn't lace Magnum TA's boots, but I wasn't trying to be a dick. <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna go with on that. <laughs> no, no, and I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I, I, I think. I think Paige is a good wrestler, but he just needs to get the – to be the, the level that, you know, Cody puts him in interviews, like, he needs to get over with the fans. Because I think, honestly, a lot of that in which the Young Bucks and Cody say about him, I think kind of hurts them a bit because they kind of put him on a pedestal that he's not been able to reach yet by himself. He needs to naturally do that by himself. Um, I think, unfortunately but, for him, the, the same thing you kind of said, unfortunately for him – the fact that they got so over so fast with uh, Omega versus Okada and the Young Bucks, obviously the Young Bucks were over here, but the, that rise to Japan, him and Marty Scroll both just kind of were just, hey, we're here. 
and it, it's inter- like I, I regardless even say, of whether they're you probably they're would agree with this. Three. I think I think I think Marty's moreover when it came to that like group. I think Marty was more over than Adam Page throughout that whole entire duration, and I agree with you. Both of them were kind of thrown into it. Yeah, and I mean that uh, well because Scroll has at least a thing, you know, like the umbrella, the um, the plague mask. Like he has a gimmick. Adam Page. I mean the hang the hangman thing is just like a very, let's say, seven late seventies wrestler gimmick. It's like a baby you know face I mean? Stan Hansen gimmick, which makes absolutely no sense, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I think he, I think he's really fucking good in the ring. Like, uh, not last year's year one. We he was in last year's year one, right? I believe. Like, uh, he was really good yeah. last year in New Japan. It's been a while, but last year I thought he did really well in New Japan. He's a good wrestler. He's not had a bad match or anything. The crowd's just not reacting to him. And obviously, they all want to see Kenny Omega versus Jericho. And I mean, right now, Jungle Boy is more more over than who they're pushing to be their champion. Which Darby Allen too, man. Yeah, Darby Allen as well. All right, well, let's get into all of this now that we're moving away from uh, the, the John Moxley stuff and really start driving uh, this NXT uh, thing. We kind of talked about this last week, last Saturday, because we heard about, you know, the possibility of this happening. But now we have a direct confirmation. Um, here is the press release that was given. NXT moves to USA Network, New York, and Stamford, Connecticut, August 20th, uh, 2019. WWE and USA Network today announced an agreement in principle to air WWE's weekly Wednesday night show, NXT, live on USA Network at 8, uh, 7 Central, starting September 18th. Uh, there was a rumor they were going to do it on the exact same night, October 2nd, I believe, with AEW. They're going to actually start earlier than that that was a little added stuff uh, the move to usa network provides an opportunity to deepen our relationship with nbc universal and further build the nxt brand said vince mcmahon wwe chairman and ceo over the long term our goal is to develop a following that can be monetized to a same level as our flagship programs raw and smackdown usc network and wwe have one of the longest and most successful partnerships with in television history, said Chris McCumber, president of entertainment over at USC, US, USA and Sci-Fi. As the number one cable entertainment network, we're excited to add NXT to our weekly lineup alongside the, power, the powerhouse flagship Raw and to bring a new generation of superstars to a wide audience. NXT launched in 2010 and has risen to become WWE's third global brand alongside Raw and SmackDown hosting nearby 200 live events around the world each year, airing on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. NXT has been WWE's uh, network's number one weekly series. NXT offers a unique blend of uh, authentic in-ring action with exciting and entertaining storylines that feature WWE's uh, hottest up-and-coming superstars, including Adam Cole, the champion, Velveteen Dream, Shayna Baszler, Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, a lot of names, basically. The brand's diverse roster consists of at least athletes from the NFL, collegiate and amateur sports, MMA, and international sports such as rugby, uh, kuchti, and kabaddi. I don't know what the fuck those are. It also is a birthplace <laughs> to 8% – 
<laughs> birthplace to 80% of the current WWE Raw and SmackDown roster, including Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Bailey, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, and Baron Corbin, to name a few. The series will continue to uh, film over at Full Sail University in Orlando as part of WWE's production partnership with the Paramount Entertainment Media Arts and Technology Institution. Let's just go off this quote. Uh, we also found out it's going to be two hours now. It's going to be live. Uh, just all this confirmed. We'll go into like layers of everything else because we got 32 minutes to talk about it. But what do you think about the initial um, press release uh, that they they brought out that I just read? I hate it's live. That's my very first thought. Is I I hate it's live. Um, outside of that, because. <laughs> They're going to do really good the first three weeks. They did this smart because what they're going to do is book a really big angle between like Gargano and uh, Adam Cole, or, or they're going to have a really big story going into that first night against AW, and and maybe people will be hooked. But I think it's going to fail because just you know curiosity killed the cat. As wrestling fans, we're going to be like, well, you know, we're just going to go, we'll just watch NXT the next day. This is the big problem that I think WWE did on this is that it's going to be available on the network the very next day. So <laughs> if you miss it live, it's not actually going to matter because you can just watch it on the network because they don't want to lose their NXT fans. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it works out. I'm looking forward to a two-hour NXT just because that's more of the King of Bros and uh, Velveteen Dream I get to see. But at the same time, I'm also very worried that it's going live, and it's going live in full sale. Um, I don't know. I have some thoughts about this versus what AEW is going to be presenting. Um, I will say that there was also another article. Um, they're basically talking about and breaking down that the revenue per year uh, that both – uh, I forgot what the hell the first guy's name is, but Guggenheim from Deadline, also Dave Metzler noted that this could be them prospering $50 million to $100 million in revenue per year from this deal uh, if it were to maintain, obviously. Um, it's got to keep great ratings. It's on USA. This is a much bigger format than FS1. FS1 can deal with a lessened um, – rating value than USA will. USA, like they said, if you don't count sports and uh, news outlets, it's the number one entertainment-based programming in cable. That's pretty fucking big. And yeah, it's it's interesting doing an NXT and premiering it on the networks the next day. I don't know if that has... Because that will, that will be what a lot of people do, unless they're worried about being ruined, but then a lot of the NXT fans themselves are used to all this being pre-taped and having the information out there to find out and still enjoying the programming. So there is that because it's going to be pretty fucking hectic for me and you, Chris, to be able to jump back between NXT's weekly show and also AEW's. Now I agree with you to some extent, which is what makes me wonder, but also I think that there's a benefiting factor of doing it at the performance center still because a lot of the worries is Vince McMahon's involvement with this. And, you know, Triple H can say what he wants, but obviously he's playing face. But Dave Metzler, Ryan Satin, a lot of people have been reporting that it being at full sale, there's not going to be a lot of time for Vince to have that much involvement. 
Where there would be involvement, though, is if there is a decrease in ratings. That's what the biggest fear is. It being at full sale is a good thing, but if they're packing up full sale and they're, they're bringing a weekly product, they're going to want to start traveling at some point. That's where it gets a little bit hectic as well. We do, like I, like I said, we do know that he might have been there SmackDown, but Raw, he wasn't in the creative meeting for the last one of making the shows. Obviously, it was emailed to him, but he's doing stuff with the XFL. It makes it sound from what Triple H, and I'll try to look up his quote that he said, that he's going to be the main guy in charge of this. It's not going to change in that dynamic. But we know Vince McMahon. We know ECW and what happened to it throughout the duration of 2000s of when Vince got more involved with that product. So it's still a very crazy, crazy thing. I don't think, though, two things. I, I think that when it comes to AEW versus NXT, NXT was still a Wednesday show, and it was always, but obviously it didn't have the reach that AEW automatically is going to have because of the money behind it. Now that's going head-to-head. It could hurt AEW because there's going to be those, those fans of both products that are more like us, like much more driven towards the wrestling product itself. But when it comes to a wider audience, I don't think it's going to really matter one way or another. I think AEW will still be the leading one of Wednesday nights. So this potentially could hurt NXT. There's a lot of bad things and a lot of good things. But it seems like, you know, if, if things go kosher, that WWE could potentially make a good amount of money off of this. I mean, they're already I mean, yeah, they're already making a good amount of money by signing the TV deal. Like, it's done. That money is already there regardless of their ratings, unless they just fall off a fucking cliff, right? So, like, as a business deal for Vince, this makes so much sense. Now, what I will say, as far as households, TNT uses more households than USA. So, they already, AEW already has a bigger platform, and when that first week hits, it's a new show. It's going to be the same thing as when Nitro hit. People are going to, you know, curiosity. Um, and now that AEW knows this is coming and they get to see two weeks of programming, maybe they get something done with New Japan. That would be smart, and you just start it off with a banger. Like, just right off, like, fix it. <laughs> You'd be like, you guys broke John Moxley, <laughs> so we're going to need we're going to need Okada to come wrestle Omega on our first show. You know what I mean? Like, figure out a way yeah. to fix it. <laughs> and do something big. They're going to have to do something big because you know what's going to happen on NXT is not going to be just NXT superstars. They're literally probably going to get oh, no. fucking crazy. It's going to be like Finn Balor versus Adam Cole or some like AJ Styles versus Adam Cole, baby, or something. Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? They're going to do something fucking crazy. And build that into the storyline, and it, it, it's not necessarily going to be Vince's idea, but Vince is going to give them open roster to build that show, and they have a, a two week advantage. So whatever AEW does on that first night needs to be a banger, but I, I do think Curiosity is going to beat NXT that night, and that's going to really, really knock Vince's dick in the dirt. Well, let's talk about some quotes from uh, wrestlers, a part of the. Uh the AEW um, once this was found out. I, I find um, we got Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, and Cody Rhodes. Chris Jericho said congratulations to WWE NXT for making a big move to USA Network. Runners always race faster when somebody is right behind them. <laughs> going to be fun to see which team going to be fun to see which team the world decides to join. Uh, and then it says hashtag choose Jericho 
at AEW Wrestling, <laughs> AEW on TNT. And then uh, Jim Ross said, to a response, uh, someone said, I said all along that AEW Wrestling would have been better served uh, to not poke the WWE bear, blah, 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 I'm a stupid WWE shill. That's not what he said. But anyways, Jim Ross has said, not sure personally uh, of the poke of the bear line, but WWE moved to attempt to block their non-competition isn't a surprise. No one said this journey would be easy, was Jim Ross's response to that. I think that, I think that Cody... Obviously, he's he's good with this type of shit, man. He he had a nice little promo to say about it, and um, I, I like his response. I think it's uh, the most important night in all of wrestling is now Wednesday nights. Uh, the best wrestling is going to be happening on Wednesday nights. It's Destination TV, and when's the last time wrestling was Destination TV? It's not must-watch, and I'm not going to complain about that. Wrestling fans now have a choice, and I hope they choose us. I'm oddly intrigued to see what Vince McMahon does with NXT. My dad was instrumental in building the NXT brand. For a long time, it had been developmental project. For Vince to now bring it to USA Network as its full brand, I'm just intrigued by it. Um, so, you know, Jericho and, and Jim Ross have both been very honest that they're kind of bitter towards Vince, and uh, that made a lot of their decision-making have happened due to that. But it sounds like Cody's... You know, he's, he's making he's a very, very professional statement, but also kind of giving, like, the fact, like, hey, this was my dad's brand for a while. He put a lot of work into it. I just like how he said, you know, all right, fine, you're sports entertainment. Wednesday, doesn't matter if it's NXT and AEW, hopefully you choose us. We're the fucking wrestling night. We're professional wrestling. That's where the wrestling is. So you guys can kind of do whatever. You can be spiteful and put your best wrestling uh, show against us. But I think he's saying AEW is going to shine, and who, who's, who's going to shine the most is the professional wrestling fans, not so much the sports entertainment fans. That's what I gathered from that. What do you think about all these quotes, Chris? I think they keep forgetting about New Japan where they're talking about the best wrestling in the world. <laughs> yeah, they need to start saying America like within there because that's, that's another thing. Oh, okay. I, I, heard, yeah. I heard – I think it was Sam Roberts. I think Sam Roberts said something recently where he said that NXT has the best wrestling-based pay-per-views, and I said, and I'm like, look, I love takeovers, but uh, you know, you're forgetting about fucking New Japan uh, pay-per-views. Yeah, I was as like, well. did you forget about all of the G1 that just happened, dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> like all of it? <laughs> like, I mean, Gargano and, and Cole was good, and that three-way with Velveteen was pretty good when he jumped across the ring. I didn't even see him coming out of anywhere because he's the fucking goat. I love – God damn it, I love Velveteen Dream so much. But <laughs> let's not forget about New Japan. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I that would be the response that Cody should give, and he does make a huge point. Everyone who's ever came through there, Bailey um, Becky, a lot of their top stars, Kevin Owens, they all talk very highly of Dusty and what he was able to teach them. And uh, he does have that one up, even though he doesn't have his own last, last name. <laughs> You'd be like, well, he was my dad, eh? You know? Do you think this is, is like, well, you know, you think that you're throwing a dagger at us, but you're throwing the best wrestling program you had with us. If anything, it's going to help wrestling out in general and get professional wrestling out there over sports entertainment. So fucking have your, your Friday and your Mondays. I think fans are going to choose us, but regardless, it's going to be the best wrestling, you know, as far as weekly television, and that hasn't been a thing in a long time. So 
I think he's he's such a smart fucking dude when it comes to wording himself, giving little jabs, but not being so direct like Jr. and fucking Jericho were. Basically, <laughs> it's gonna be good being second place. Basically, is what Chris Jericho would say. Yeah, he's not announcing the finishes of the NXT match Shivani style, but <laughs> he's a uh, he's definitely like the rest. He's of breaking your the walls down. He's like the rest of your shit sucks. Good thing you put NXT against us. That's what he said, basically. If we're if we're narrowing it down, he's like everything else you guys do is trash. I mean, you can read that however you want, but the way he said it and and the way it came off and that quote was like, good thing you guys put NXT against us because you guys had no other hope. <laughs> like, you put SmackDown against us, we're smoking SmackDown. That that's how I read that. And maybe I'm just fucking crazy, but he's like, we're going to have wrestling. (laughs) Hey, regardless, we're going to have a bunch of awesome wrestling to watch because of this. So that's like the biggest thing is that I think I think that throughout the last couple of weeks, Ron Smackdown have gotten better. Uh, And I think that especially when the fall hits, you have Smackdown going to Fox, you have NXT starting off on USA, and then you have AEW. It's going to be a lot of great everyone's going to be trying to make it the biggest Fox is going to be pumping into fucking SmackDown to do its own thing with that. Uh, you have USA that's going to want raw to still be Monday night raw. And now Paul Heyman obviously is in charge of that. Um, and then you have obviously NXT, you have uh, triple H completely in charge of that live going against AEW. It's, it's, it seems petty, but at the same time, that's the wrestling industry. And I don't think that it's been, this competitive, Chris, since the fucking Monday Night Wars, really, uh, if you think about it, uh, it's 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 pretty nuts. Uh, yeah, it's completely nuts. The only thing that I will give WWE, um, they're putting their what I would consider their small brand NXT, just because most of is the it, guys on NXT is, uh, are smaller. Um, is uh, is NXT um, ECW in this whole entire relationship? Obviously, they have a bigger relationship with WWE, but if AEW's WCW, is NXT now ECW in this whole thing? Basically, but more of what I was getting at is like it really depends on the average fan, the person, the, the person that's not me or you, and what they see that product as because. Like, you're going to tune in on Monday and see fucking Roman Reigns, and he looks like a goddamn superhero. And then you're going to tune in on Wednesdays and see Adam Cole and uh, Darby Allen. Johnny Gargano. Jungle Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, we'll see if Vince's method has always kind of rang true. Because, like, as wrestling marks like me and you are, <laughs> we're, we want to see the good-ass matches. <laughs> but there is that subset of fans that's like, WWE's got the big guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ugh. I hate that thing. I like the entertainment stuff, so why don't you watch shitty fucking written television, okay? Why Why the fuck would that be your number one thing? I want to see like you guys it's called beating the living hell out of each other. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, those shows, Rock Smackdown, I don't know if they know, but the storylines aren't well written. You can get the same type of fucking level on soap operas. I watch it for the athleticism and the fucking brawling. I mean, I know I'm not... Everything when it comes to that, you know, uh, group of people. But I don't know. I, I just find it really strange. There was someone, though, Chris, that's not happy about all this. 
uh, and that was Tommaso Ciampa, which was awesome because he, he put a promo that they put on, I think this last episode of NXT and also on WWE's website, of him being pissed that since he's the greatest sports entertainer of all time and the greatest NXT champion of all time, <laughs> that he wasn't a part of the picture of the press release for this and that he will come back and make his image known on NXT once it goes back to USA. I think Ciampa is so going to wait and save that for September to have him come back and possibly go after either Adam Cole or re-bring his uh, feud with Gargano on television. Uh, what do you think about all this? No, I last night I predicted that Ciampa was uh, – I was talking to another friend of mine. I definitely was like, it's got to be Ciampa. Ciampa's going to come back. Even if he's not 100%, he's going to come back for this thing because he's diehard. Um even with the stenosis, I think he's going to come back for this big event and, and probably the two-week buildup, and that's your payoff is like him versus Gargano on the opening night versus whatever the hell AEW has. So whatever – like I said, AEW needs to go ahead and start stacking the deck as hard as possible. And and like we talked about, when when I was like ways for WWE to just completely stomp this into the ground, it was like go ahead and work out a deal with New Japan. Like just work it out so that they don't even have that option. <laughs> like that's easier than putting NXT on, a, you know, on Wednesday. But uh, apparently that didn't happen. So we're gonna get a battle. I, I'm thinking maybe, God, that Monday you might get Omega versus Jericho for the title or something. I mean they're gonna. Have oh my to God! It, big. If if they had, you know, if if basically they come on the TV, you have Tommaso attack either Adam Cole and set up a championship match for the same night the AEW premieres or bring back a rivalry with Gargano to, to go for another Gargano-Champa match to headline that same night against a Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho for the first fucking night. That would be crazy. That, that, that's nuts. Uh, let's let's kind of delve into this, Chris, though, because one of the questions we were talking about there are a lot of stars that are being underutilized on Raw SmackDown. Now it seems like they're going to position – ICW, NXT UK, Progress, Evolve, they're going to be probably more of our farming systems going forward once they build stuff with NXT as being its own brand. Yeah, we got to worry that it could do what happened to ECW in the 2000s, but if we were just to stick to it, you know, who is potentially people that probably would be better off, and if you look at the male superstars, female superstars, and the tag teams, to come back to NXT because they're going to need more people on their roster and it's going to be a different beast. It's not going to be a farming system so much. They need an active roster by itself. So we know who's on it right now. Who are some people, you know, give me, if you want up to like one to three of each, like just name some names that you think could benefit coming back to NXT uh, to help raise the brand and also raise their own stock. Oscar, Kerry Zane, and Nakamura. They they did way better yeah. on NXT. I mean, the, and the, the, if I was going to pick someone non-Japanese, um, I would say Sami Zayn back to NXT because he was a huge star in NXT, and they just have fucked him since he's been on the main roster. Yeah, as much as I, you know, when it comes to male competitors, as much as I feel for an Eric Young or an EC3, and I wouldn't mind them coming back, I would say Sami Zayn, um, Cesar, not Cesar, yeah, Sami Zayn. Cesaro and Bobby Roode. Shinsuke is another person, 
But if they keep the icy title on him, you know. But yeah, but I, I think that Bobby Roode's been hurt pretty when badly. Was this, when was, was his last icy? When was his last icy title match? Wasn't that supposed to happen at this last pay per view? Hey, hey, your choice was Shinsuke Nakamura. I have other choices, okay? <laughs> no, Anyways. I'm just saying, like, I just want Nakamura um, to do something, except for surf in Florida. No, I. <laughs> I, I agree with you, and his best match that he's had since his one was Sami Zayn, and it still wasn't as good was the one he had with Finn Balor recently. So I agree with you. Uh, I just would like – Bobby Roode's someone I'd like to see in there. Cesaro is another person that I would love to see in, in NXT. When it comes to women, you've got two of them, Terry Zane and freaking Asuka. Um, Ember Moon, I mean, they position her sometimes in a positive light. I can't think of, like, some of the other female wrestlers that uh, maybe um, – I don't know. I think all of the other ones – pretty utilized decently well. Um, and for tag teams, dude, put AOP at least back down to fucking down there. Man, you're not doing anything with them. They're on main event now. It's a fucking joke. They, we could use a monster powerhouse. If you want to build War Machine, go for it. I doubt that personally. But even like the, the Ascension were pretty damn big in NXT. And if you kind of like just put them back down there, repackage them and start building the way you used to, you know, it's better than them uh, not doing a goddamn thing and taking paychecks. Um, but now it's on TV, though. I just I don't ever see them getting over because everyone's seen them get buried a bazillion times. At least with the AOP, you could repackage it. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand AOP not being bigger than the Viking Raiders. Like, I don't know. Who I don't understand how out, either but... of them. I don't <laughs> understand how either of them have not translated at all. Uh, with the way that they've been built, it's it's pretty pathetic, honestly. Bad booking is what it is. Like, what, what about just came in and demolished? But I mean, they they're doing good with a... Anderson and Gallows now, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it seems like they've made happy everyone besides Luke Harper out of the, that group of people that were pissed with Sasha, with uh, Anderson Gallows, with the revival. I think all of them are sticking around for a while. But getting back to, to NXT. Would you be okay with, like, a run of Finn Balor or Samoa Joe coming back and trying to, like, do some stuff? Kind of like how Tyler Breeze Dude, is doing would, right now? I would be absolutely in love with Samoa Joe going back to the next team because they don't know what to do with him on the main roster, even though he's there. He's, like, he's over his shit, Apollo he's Cruz. also their best heel. <laughs> like, Apollo Crews would be money yeah. down there. Like, they, they have so many people that would fare better on um, – on NXT, but Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, especially if he has to run through all of the undisputed air, Samoa Joe is just killing everybody. And Samoa Joe should be the easiest person in the world to look. Team A books Samoa Joe. God damn it, WWE should be able to. Figure <laughs> <it out. laughs> it's it's kill Joe. Joe is gonna kill you. That's all you have to book. You don't even have to have him talk. I mean, he's a good promo and shit, but like at the same time. The idea is Joe is going to kill you. Look at what you did with Mark Henry, uh, like the Hall of Pain Mark Henry, and just book Samoa Joe like that. That's all you have to do. It's not fucking hard. <laughs> no, man. And that's that's the potential of what we could be dealing with in the future. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. And uh, I'm just happy that my personal favorite weekly you know, wrestling thing. No, it's not AEW yet to some of the marks out there because that hasn't started. So I'm not going to pick that automatically as mine. NXT has always been my favorite. It's consistent. The storylines are great. Uh, I think Triple H is, is, you know, under Gato, but very 
He's someone that understands long-term booking and putting stories in place and building off of that, including when you get like little wrenches thrown in there that kind of fuck it up, <laughs> yeah, well, being able to bounce off of it, you know? We're gonna, but uh, no, The crazy thing is we're going to see how both of them do live because all yes. we've seen is recordings. And that's, where, that, it, that's where the fucking – that's about where the, the, the meat hits the road, so to speak. <laughs> Sean, Sean's still going to be a head trainer, but now he literally is going to be doing the Pat Patterson thing with live content. So that's going to be, you know, he's working out the matches and making sure stuff works out in a live format. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting to, because honestly, that's your future team. I think when it comes to programming, once Vince steps down and triple H sacrifices, Kevin Dunn on a fucking giant flame, uh, he'll probably bring in a new production assistant. Shovel type, style. <laughs> shovel style. He'll, he'll bring in, He'll 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 try to like get like uh, Lagana to come in and pay him a million dollars to fucking change up, and then he'll have like you know Sean as his Pat Patterson basically his uh guy that helps him uh you know figure out everything, but just crazy man it's it's exciting I got a couple of things I wanted to go over with Ron Smackdown just small little uh, storyline uh, details uh, with Raw man. I uh, I loved um, Jerry the King Lawler was the next sacrifice for the fiend everyone was wondering what was going to happen with the fiend if he was going to come back uh jerry if you don't know this is a very big horror movie fan he's uh he's always he's admitted that he loves horror movies so it was very fitting to have him on they set it up really well by making it look like he was going to have an interview with sasha and when the lights went out i thought it was very fitting for jerry lawler to be like, oh fuck no! I'm not, I, I know exactly what happened <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it. That that is such a Jerry the King thing. You know he came up with that spot. You know he came up with that spot because everyone else just stands there like a dumbass, and Jerry the King's like, look, dude, I wrestled in Memphis for 20 years. This is what I would do. <laughs> I'm not getting sacrificed by this motherfucker. Well, he was wrong. He headed up the ramp. We saw Bray in the background, stalk him down, and then attack him, give him the mandible claw, and disappear. You know, everyone, it's not just us, Chris, every outlet's talking about they need to make victim puppets. We need a Finn Balor puppet, a Kurt Angle puppet, a Mick Foley puppet, a, a Jerry puppet. Like, even if they're like little stuffed animals that are in like a, a jail cell that he, that he keeps in there, whatever, something, something ridiculous like that with the, the, the – I just love this character, and I would definitely recommend – uh, there is a video I put on our Facebook page at Geek Vibes Nation of in 2015 they had this ghost story show that was on the network and Bray <laughs> told a made up a made up story that he had about this man in the woods that Sister Abigail told him not to go near and he had yellow and orange eyes and green hair and you know it was the theme that he was describing back in 2015 very crazy in the story he finds out that the the man in the woods was actually him, and that was like the uh, the end of the the ghost story. This character is oh. great; it's so creative. What do you think, I, I Chris? Think I about misunderstood Jerry the story. I, I think I misunderstood the story because I thought it was Wayland Mercy <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> uh, Dan Speedy is still in the in the woods of of, of New Orleans, lost as shit. I have no idea what the Wayland. hell's going on. Wayland Mercy is like, shit. <laughs> hey, I thought he was right. looking for me. But seriously. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, but let's, seriously. Let's move forward. <laughs> no, but seriously. 
right. We have the we have the first episode of SmackDown. It's the twentieth anniversary. It's gonna be on Fox. They have Sting making a segment. Is Sting gonna be attacked by the fiend? Yes. His Dead. next his next victim. He has to. It has to happen, man. And we gotta get Undertaker and eventually to in setting and, up a match. And you know what? You're you're hundred percent right on you know, Finn needs to come back as Prince Devitt and be part of the club. And I think that's, that's they yeah. set that up well on the pre-show. And you're if you're going to do the mystical matches to be Aleister Black, just demolishing people until he gets to Bray. That's, I agree with you, man. Um, all right, and also we had the uh, tag team champions change. Uh, I'm not really mad uh, with the storyline going the way it is. It's going to change up. Anderson Gallows, I think, are going to get back the tag team championships. But we know that Braun wants that title from Seth. But now, for the fourth time, I believe, uh, no, maybe the third time. This is Seth being a two-time champion, uh, three times with tag champion, and one time with the U.S. belt, uh, with Braun Strowman, who's a two-time tag champion, his other one being Nicholas. Uh, I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I just want Braun to get that title, but it's not going to happen. That's the only problem. I fucking hate it. Like, move Braun to SmackDown or NXT, and then give him a title there. Get him out of there. Yeah, don't put... You just had the, the Beast Slayer slay the Beast, and you watched, like, Brock Lesnar demolish Braun beforehand. So it's kind of irrelevant. All right, the last item it's was also on too SmackDown. Soon, and... it's, it's, also too, it's, it's also too soon to take the title off Seth. He just won it back. So it's, it's the fucking dumb match. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, Daniel Bryan's a badass, putting over people. Uh, is now part of his new, I guess, cult leader, vegan type of uh, gimmick because he had a great match with Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy accidentally fell into this whole entire thing, just being in the background accidentally. He had a good match with Roman, lost to Roman, and then beat Daniel Bryan. Now, we're going to go into the second half, uh, but what did you think about the match with Buddy Murphy and Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan being a, a legend now that doesn't mind putting over younger guys and actually apparently pitches this with Ali, with okay. him, with Kofi. So I love Buddy, Buddy Murphy getting over because I think he's one of the most talented wrestlers they have on the main roster. And I thought that was a really fun match. But like Daniel Bryan shouldn't get an award for putting people over because he did it his entire fucking career. The yes movement wasn't because he was getting a lot of wins. It was because he was getting fucked. He was getting the Sami Zayn treatment. So he's been putting people over for years. It's not like an award for him. It's more just like, what the fuck are you doing with Daniel Bryan? Yeah, I can agree with that. I think now, though, with the younger talent, instead of it being getting buried by his peers or guys older than him and being the younger guy himself, a little bit different because one well, was a first losing Kofi. streak. This is... He lost like two times to Kofi. That's not younger talent. He lost well, that's, that's also someone. Well, that's also someone that was built differently than him. He was put to the top finally, and Kofi had to wait for ten years to be able to get that. So, regardless, yeah, I mean, Ali I and Buddy asking asking specifically for people to be pulled up from two hundred five live so he can try to have a match with them, and then helping reinvent their careers. I think is something a little bit different than what you're saying, but you know. Um, no, I think that's I think we, that's great on him, and I just I feel like that's all that's how they always treated him. That's how they treat Sami Zayn, and we we'll move forward. We can talk about it next episode. 
Who is the uh, attacker? What the fuck's going on with this, dude? Why did the guy look just like Eric Rowan? And did you have the same feeling that uh, Roman Reigns did when you saw this? What the fuck is going on with this? Who did it? And why does this so actually – we can actually blame – is this is this, is this Eric Bischoff's contribution to SmackDown, this, this storyline? It, it's Rowan's brother because they started calling Rowan Eric Rowan again. So I'm just going to assume that this is Eric's long-lost Kane – Style brother or some shit. He's like NWO Rowan, though. That's the problem. <laughs> he's he's All right, guys. the Rowan's Undertaker. <laughs> all right, guys. That's that's been it. Uh, that was um, us talking about all this stuff. Chris, say goodbye to the good people. Hey guys, make sure you check out the hockey podcast, Skates the Throat, and uh, you can reach me at at Chris R Patton on Twitter. All right, and go to GV Nation for all of your information with news when it comes to comics and wrestling and all that stuff. And then check out our episodes, usually Wednesdays. We might be doing a Saturday and Wednesday show coming up soon. I will announce that if we need to. But Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST, over here on Blog Talk. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and every other format. Thank you guys so much, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you, Chris, and let the Geek Fights be with you. Peace out, mother effers. Peace out. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.